You're listening to The Nature of Things. This episode was originally recorded May 21st, 1992. Albion is the county seat of Orleans County. In its day, it was a hub of an area of intensive agriculture, combined of dairy and truck farming, the latter consisting mainly of peas, beans, tomatoes, and cabbages, raised mostly for the food processing plants which existed in every Lake Plain village. Surrounding the village, especially to the north, were large expanses of orchards, apples, cherries, peaches, and pears. There wasn't an awful lot of, of room left for any, on any farm for woodlots and odd corners. I would guess that the average woodlot on those intensively cultivated farms was less than five acres in size. Sometimes, as was the case with our farm and Jim Ryan's farm next door, the two woodlots merged. This formed what was known as Hart's Woods. In Hart's Woods, there were few tape measure trees because these woodlots, like every other part of the farm, were working units providing firewood, fence and posts, and poles, and in many cases also summer shade for the cows. It doesn't sound like much of a place for birding. In fact, it seems to have uh, suffered in reminiscence from the very ills that some Cornell bird experts are citing today as the negative factors limiting bird life. I don't mean here to cast doubt or aspersions on their finding. Ecological factors are always a bit too complex to be predicated on such apparent inconsistencies. Still, what I wish to point out is that uh, pool table flat Orleans County with its poor drainage, minuscule woodlots, and intensive use of every amenable acre, was a treasure trove of bird life. Comparing favorably in the case of Hart's woods and surrounding croplands and pastures, uh, with the turn of the century when uh, forester Stuart Flintham birded there and chronicled what he saw in beautiful but unfortunately unpublished prose. Today, my old birding acres are covered with houses, but everyone uh, who studies the aerial photos of the 1930s and compares them with the present would have to conclude that on the surface, the land looks birdier today than it did in those days of intensive land use. Woodlots are larger and growing. Shrub fields rare in those times are rampant on the landscape today. Admittedly, their time will be short, but their replacement will be largely more woodlots whose disappearance is being advanced as a principal negative indication for birds in New York State. This amazes me. Over the years, I have done dozens of studies for groups operating or developing natural areas, covering somewhere close to 40,000 acres. I have always tried to do an analysis of past land use because it makes useful information for teaching and because it is instructive in demonstrating the dynamics of plant succession. There is no instance in which woodlots or shrub fields are smaller today than they were in the 1930s. Admittedly, some of those areas were islands in the middle of residential or commercial developments, and admittedly, wetland expanses have shown net loss. But even that factor is smaller than I would have expected, largely because of the abandonment of extensive drainage systems, uh, principally open ditches used when uh, agricultural use was rampant. During my years as a wildlife biologist, my crews created some 1,500 acres of wetlands, including some uh, notable ones such as Heron Pond at the Three Rivers Wildlife Management Area and the Old Fly Marsh near Pompey, New York. In many cases, this consisted of changing swamp forests 
back to herbaceous wetlands. This made me a forest fragmenter, I guess, but the increase of wildlife this produced made me think of it as a positive thing. One 20-acre pond near Oswego, cleared and drained originally to provide wet meadows, became upon reflooding one of the central New York's great bird factories, producing in one season, when I studied it intensively, over 10 nests per acre, principally black terns and red-winged blackbirds, but including moorhens, least bitterns, Virginia rails, marsh wrens, tree swallows, mallards, black ducks, blue-winged teal, and tree swallows. Still, it's a dilemma. The one thing that has not improved over the years is the diversity of bird life. I remember making the comment in one report, this is the perfect area to observe warbler migration. In another case, the density of black tern nesting here is phenomenal. Today, those massive warbler migrations are replaced by puny trickles, and the black terns are gone completely. I'm not sure deterioration of local habitat explains either one of these. I am long enough in tooth to remember when uh, things were ostensibly worse, but the birds were numerous. Still, I admit what we're doing to the environment is not good news for wildlife. And much as I love wildlife, I think the principal message is that this deterioration of environment threatens our survival too. Well, that's all I have for today. This is John Weeks saying thanks for listening. Tune in next week and keep it natural.